Welcome to this episode of A Creative Odyssey. This is a super special episode here today. I'm going to be joined by special guest Alex Byrne, all the way from Oakland, California, all the way to Verona, Italy, this international connection through quilting, through creative entrepreneurship. I'm super excited to share this conversation that I had with Alex. I'll tell you a little bit about her. She is a quilt and textile artist who's based in Oakland, California. She's originally from the UK, so you're going to hear a wonderful UK accent on the line here. She's worked in London, Tokyo, and Japan before moving uh, to the San Francisco area. She's taught and studied in all of these different places around the world. And so she's bringing together this melting pot of all of these creative influences alongside of her lifelong passion for sewing, creating, working with textiles, crochet, and more. And as well as all of that, her background in big tech, science, project management, event organization, and all of these things that came together to lead her to where she is right now, the founder of Quilt 2024, which is a virtual summit happening in January 2024. And I'm super excited to say that I'm going to be part of that on the teaching faculty for this fabulous summit that's coming up alongside of 29 other fabulous teachers and designers and creators from around the world. It is super thrilling to be part of the lineup. I'm super thrilled to be introducing Alex to you today on the episode. So let's jump in and hear about her amazing creation story as well as her story as a creative entrepreneur. I think you're going to be inspired and I can't wait to share her world with you. Let's jump in. Welcome to A Creative Odyssey. I'm Ellie Ride. I'm a designer, an entrepreneur, and online educator obsessed with all things design, quilting, and creative business. Whether you're a seasoned quilter or you're just starting out, whether you're passionate about design and textiles, or whether you're a creative business geek who loves to nerd out on all the moving parts that go into making a creative business thrive, you are in the right place. I'm excited to share insights from my creative odyssey with you as I navigate design, creativity, and growing an online business on this journey as a creative entrepreneur. Are you ready to explore the possibilities of design and discover the world of creative business? It's time to embark on a creative odyssey. All right. Well, today on the show, I am so thrilled to be welcoming Alex Byrne all the way from California via the UK. I'd love to hear a little bit about you. So jump into the call, say hi to us and let us know a little bit about you, Alex. Welcome. Thanks, Ali. And uh, yeah, delighted to be here, honored to be here. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I guess you kind of said it all. Here I am in not sunny California at the moment. I uh, am in Oakland, which is just across the bay from San Francisco. Um, been here almost 10 years. Um, and before that, I was in Tokyo for 14 months and lived there for a while. Before that, I was in the UK for like 30 years um and um a kind of lifelong maker and and crafter of all the things wonderful i think we both have a little bit of that uh traveling dna in our bodies it sounds like you know people living overseas in different countries around the world how do you think that that has influenced your making styles did you learn different things in different cultures or were you kind of just continuing with your own craft and your own making practices within all of those contexts yeah, no, I think I think there's two ways that it really comes into it. And I'm I'm probably going to forget the second one by the time I finish talking about the first one. But um, I think one is that naturally you get all these additional influences. And so I imagine like in Italy, there's all the architecture and the history and, and so on. And and in America, you've got 
like lots of different cultural influences, like from South America. But then you've also got America itself, which is just a hotbed of, of craziness a lot of the time. Um, but also does have its own cultural heritage. And then, of course, there's an indigenous cultural heritage. So, yes, you are getting lots of new influences, and especially somewhere like Japan, where things are so different um, from how they, how they are in the UK or America. Um, it was, yeah, it was amazing to have those influences. But I think the other thing you really, you kind of get a lot of and I imagine this is the same for like anyone who's moved around a lot is you you end up with a lot of adaptability and you learn to work with what you've got or or kind of work out methods of making things happen because you know the way something happens in the UK is not the way it happens in the US and certainly not the way it happens in Japan and so you're constantly kind of problem solving i guess and uh, that's definitely a very useful tool um for for any part of life but especially making a business happen yeah totally i was just thinking as well you know problem solving in quilting problem solving in creative business you know there's a lot of pro- problem solving that goes on Absolutely. so you talked about being a maker do you have a specific um medium that you work in are you uh more of a quilter or a knitter or a crocheter or all of the things how do you describe your making practices yeah i i started sewing when i was three so this was further christmas my my mom asked me what i wanted for christmas and we went to one of those santa claus like grotto things except of course it was the 80s so it wasn't very fancy at all um, and it was, it was, I think it was the, one of the school teachers dressed up in a, in a Santa Claus outfit. And apparently I asked him for a sewing um, set, a sewing kit. And, um, and then my mum would just give me random bits of fabric. I don't know where they came from really, but, um, and I would sew them all together and then sort of transitioned into doing a lot of embroidery and cross stitch as a child. I must've been a very strange child. Um, and then took on knitting and crochet. And it was knitting and crochet that I was really into for the longest time. And I, I had a blog. This is all in the sort of early 2000s. Um, I had a blog. I had a podcast back when podcasts were new um, and um, would would occasionally do patterns on Ravelry. Where there's probably a couple still on there, actually. Um, but then it was after I felt like I'd knitted everything and I'd always liked sewing and I had done random things on machines like curtains and the occasional skirt and so on. Um, I just got really into quilting and I'd, I'd made or started making my first quilt probably when I was about 13 or something and had never finished it. And so when, when I was in my early twenties, I was like, yeah, this this is going to be my thing now. And I think it might have coincided with when Pinterest was starting as well, because I remember being one of the beta testers on Pinterest, like wow. before it had its big launch. And it seems crazy now when you look at it and how big it's become. Um, but yeah, I saw a specific quilt on there um, and decided I had to make this quilt, largely because it was all made in polka dot fabrics, which I've always absolutely loved. Um, and ever since then, I mean, I'm, I've generally always got a quilt a knitting project on the go as well and some embroidery and half a dozen other things, but yeah, quilting has been my focus for the last, oh gosh, 20 years, I guess now. That's amazing. What a story. 
And those kind of entry points, you always remember, you know, making your first quilt or that first quilt that you see and you're like, oh my gosh, I absolutely have to make that. I had a similar experience as well. So this incredible quilt is like, yes, I need to make this. And, you know, having sewn like three things in my life, I decided, yeah, for sure, I could just start sewing quilts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, because I've still got the, qu- the quilt on my sofa now. So it's traveled around the world with me. But um, it, I'd chosen a pattern that was, it was almost like a bull's, each block was like a bullseye and had three concentric circles. And of course, I had no idea how like sewing a curved seam is not something that comes naturally to a person and so I I'd made all the blocks because it was paper pieced as well and I'd made all the blocks and um then I realized that curved curved seams were not for me and so I actually ended up just appliquing them down with a with a big thick zigzag around the edges but of course I hadn't totally removed the papers so the quilt still has a certain amount of paper in it um, but I just love it anyway. But, and it is polka dots. So yeah, I think I think the thing that beginners, the advantage beginners have sometimes is that they don't realize how difficult something is gonna be. And you're just like, Oh, I can do that. It can't be that hard. And uh, some so, kind of uh fearlessness, right? Of about yeah, being a beginner exactly. with no idea. Like you don't even know what you don't know, and just you exactly. just jump in with all of that enthusiasm. And I think that's so powerful. Uh, for any for anything, you know, whether that's business, whether that's quilting, or any other any other thing that you decide to to get interested in, super interesting. So, was you talked about having a blog and uh, starting a podcast around crocheting and knitting and things like that? You know, clearly you've been an entrepreneur for most of your life. So, tell me about your current entrepreneurial journey. Where are you right now? What are you working on? And how did you get to be to the, at this place? Yeah, so I, I, so I've I've worked around the world, and I was always working uh, in the UK for not for profits, and so you're always doing everything on a shoestring. And the 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 area I was in was in kind of training and development, and also IT project management. It was a bit strange, but um, and then moving to America, I got into startups and started working um, more on the the kind of logistics and operations side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been at, I had been at Shopify, which is an e-commerce platform that I'm sure some of your listeners are, are familiar with. And basically, if you want to run an online store, you would go to Shopify and they would give you all the tools you needed to make the website, to list your products, to process payments, do marketing, all that sort of thing. Um, and I was there for almost five years until I got laid off in February this year. Um, it was the the second round of layoffs and um, it just becomes such a strange company to work for. Very different from when I started. When I started there, it had only been only. There were 3,000 people. And by the time I left, there were more than 12,000. So it had wow. seen big, huge big growth. growth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the last couple of years, I'd been lucky enough to work with some great people within the growth marketing team. So I'd learned a lot about marketing, growth marketing. And then also as part of working at Shopify, you got free stores that you could set up and kind of play at being an entrepreneur. And, and actually some people, there was one one guy in particular who was doing a similar role to me to begin with, but he, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's called something like Balm Balm or something, but it's it's a cream for, it started off as a cream for preventing ingrowing hairs in personal places. 
And um, this has become a multi-million dollar business. And, you know, he just started it as a side gig while he was doing this admin job at at Shopify. Anyway, David Gaylord is his name, even if I can't remember the name of the brand. But um, yeah, so I'd I'd always been playing around with entrepreneurship and I'd known about Shopify a long time just from having been interested in starting a store. I'd had various Etsy stores and had experimented with teaching as well um, and done various workshops back in the UK and in Japan. Um, but then when I got laid off, I was so burnt out. I just thought I do not want to go back to tech. And living in the Bay Area in San Francisco area, like there's there's not a lot of other options because it's amazingly expensive to live here. It's like one of the most expensive cities in the world. Um, and everyone is doing tech. You know, it's it's just what, what everyone does. So I was looking around and thinking, oh, my God, I don't want to go back and do that. What am I going to do? And for a long time had been regretting that I'd, I'd always had this, you know, we all have these narratives in our heads. And I'd always had this narrative that you can't make money doing creative things, even though I surrounded myself with people who were making livings doing creative things. And so I finally was like, okay, well, that's, you know, clearly not true. I'm going to go for it. And so I, I, without any kind of planning or research, I then started doing loads of random things, which a lot of which turned out not to work, which has been a very valuable lesson, although a little bit expensive. Um, but um, so I wouldn't, I, I can talk about that and I wouldn't advise people to do that in retrospect, but um, I blame it on being so burnt out and not thinking properly. But what I've actually ended up with is Lixie Makes It. So LixieMakesIt.com is uh, my home website. And I've focused in on a few different things. So I do have an Etsy store, but that's a very minor thing. And I'm kind of focused on the more print on demand side of things um, rather than actually making things to sell myself. Um, and then I've also gone into teaching and lecturing about quilting and then also UV resin, which I, I think is amazing stuff and teach a lot of workshops about that. And then the other thing I'm doing is Quilt 2024. Um, and in fact, just, well, these events in general. So what it is, is it's a virtual summit and um, we've brought together 30 teachers from around the world, including yourself, of course. Yes, absolutely. Delighted that you're going to be teaching. Um, and um, there's going to be 30 workshops between January 10th and January 14th. Um, you can sign up for free at quilt2024.com. And the the reason for doing that was because I'd been attending a number of online summits that other people were running on all sorts of different topics. like. I actually went to an online summit on running online summits, um, which was kind of fascinating. And then I'd been to other ones in the past on on marketing. And then there's an, a company in New Zealand, I think they are, called Zen Making or Zen Embroidery, something like that. And she wow. had done, and, you know, there were all, all these different summits running. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be great if there was something like this with quilting. I wonder if there is. And started Googling and there wasn't. And I was like, oh, I wish someone would do one. And then I'm one of those people where if if I want something and it's not happening, I'll just kind of do it myself. Like this happens 
like someone suggested about six months ago that a group of us go on a on a stargazing visit. You can rent out an observatory about seven hours drive from here and and no one was doing anything. And so I just jumped in and was like, okay, we're just gonna let me just find a date. I'll just organize the whole thing. So um yeah, I I suddenly thought to myself, well, I should do this. I should do this. I should add this to my my array of things. Since X, Y, and Z haven't worked out, I should I should try this. And this time, unlike the previous times, I did do a bit of research and um, did some planning. And I reached out to some people um, who I'm friends with in the community and said, look, I'm thinking about doing this. This is what it would be like. What do you think? And one didn't think it was a good idea and two thought it was a great idea. And so I was just like, okay, I'm doing it. And went off and bought the URL and uh, away we go. Yeah. I love it. Action taking. That's where all yeah. the comes, right? Through the action, not through the waiting around for somebody else to make it happen. No, I absolutely. absolutely love it. Yeah. And the, the thing that I've really learned through all of this um, is that done is better than perfect. You know, that's, I feel like that is absolutely the, the overriding thing. So is the Quilt 2024 website perfect? No, there's still things I need to, like, there are links that I need to add in different sections and there's a little bit of formatting and I, you know, I need to write the rest of the marketing emails and things like that. But I still, it was still important to get it launched and to get every, like, the majority of it up there. And then you can always fill in the gaps afterwards. Absolutely. That's such a powerful lesson because oftentimes it's that fear of failure or the fear of feedback from other people that really keeps you stuck. And you're kind of in this like, oh, I've still got to work on the website. It's not quite perfect yet. I can't quite get it out there yet. I can't quite launch my product yet because it's not quite ready. And oftentimes those stories that we tell ourselves, they're not really about whether you have a product ready or not. That's about the fear of failure or the fear of criticism that, uh, you know, keeps it, it really does. It holds you back. I was talking to one of my, um, one of the ladies in my group today in my membership, and she was talking about exactly the same thing that she had a big realization this year that this is what was happening with her and her business as well. In that loop of perfectionism and not taking any action because of fear of, of negative feedback really, or failure. So wonderful I love hearing these stories of action. I'm a huge action taker. I'm a huge advocate for people to take action. That's where it's at is the action. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there are so many people that are uh, held back. Like I've been through it myself. And um, just, yeah, often having someone else to talk to about it. I'd, I've had, I have a coach and then I also have an accountability buddy. Sorry, there's some construction going on in my building. So I'm sorry if there's any like weird buzzing going on. Um, but, um, yeah, having an accountability buddy has also been really helpful to, to kind of bounce ideas off and we're both setting up creative businesses. So that's been really great as well. Yeah. Awesome. So cool. Tell me a bit more about Quilt 2024. People listening into this are going to be interested to find out more about it so they can go to quilt2024.com. I'm going to be linking to all of these things in the show notes, of course, as well, including Alex's website where you can find out more about her and her projects. But tell me more about Quilt 2024. People are going to be excited to hear about this. There's 30 people on the teaching lineup. It's unbelievable that all of the, just the breadth of different topics that are being covered in these workshops. 
Tell me, uh, what are people going to be really excited about when they go and have a look at Cool 2024? I think, I think, as you say, it's the breadth of stuff that is there. And I deliberately didn't want to focus on one particular niche because you can easily fill something like this up with 30 like free motion quilting design, uh, experts um, or, you know, 30 modern quilting experts or something like that. But I know that the community is so vast and so mixed in what everybody likes doing and what they're interested in. But also I think one thing that really um, identifies quilters, and I think anyone creative, is that you're always interested in learning new things and kind of expanding um, the skills that you have. Because even if you are, like, I really love English paper piecing. I'm quite, that's the definitely the traditional side of me is on the English paper piecing. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to know, you know, like folded Japanese patchwork or something, which is one of the the courses, um, or how to design my own quilt patterns. You know, it's, it's um, yeah, I'm just interested in getting new inspirations, discovering new teachers. So I think the variety is definitely what's going to bring people in. And then yeah. I think what's going to keep them there is – there are some amazing courses um, and workshops and I've been interviewing the teachers and hearing about the workshops and about the teachers' backgrounds. And this, I mean, I know it's kind of blowing my own horn because I'm the one that's that's recruited all these people, but I'm, I'm astonished at how many awesome people were willing to take part and, and all the people that are, are going to be doing it. Like, I was talking to um, Tracy Browning, who's in Australia, and she's basically like the queen of free motion quilting over there and has won awards. Um, and she partners with her, her sister to make these astonishing quilts where she, she, they're basically whole cloth, but on a long arm. And so she will do them freehand and it's when you see them, it's mind blowing. And then her sister will use coloring pencils and embellishments to bring out the design of the quilt. And it's just mind boggling the, the work that they're doing. And then there's other people like um, Lisa Weber, who's dyeing fabric and is is just like so knowledgeable about dyes and and what goes on with them. And then we've also got people who are more on like kind of unblocking creativity and and helping manage the energy flow and on the somatic side of things. And then people that are all about like coming up with creative ideas. We've got an amazing woman called Elizabeth who's in Nigeria. Now she's actually mainly a knitter and crocheter and has done this astonishing program um, for the kids over there and has has reached thousands of children and is, is being invited to other countries within Africa to, to spread the word. But she's she's done this work with the Creative Industry Alliance, the Craft Industry Alliance, sorry, um, and um, is all about, you know, creating uh, creative ideas and like generating creativity in people. So it's it's just, yeah, a huge variety of people. Incredible, so, yeah. incredible, absolutely. Yeah. So there are 30 sessions, is that right? 30, yes. 30 classes? Yes. And they're happening between the 10th and the 14th of January. Exactly. So they're between 20 and 60 minutes long and there'll be six workshops that go live each day. And then every workshop is free. 
for 24 hours. And because I'm very aware that there's a lot of financial hardship at the moment. Um, well, not just at the moment, of course. And I, I didn't want that to be a barrier to people mm. taking part in these events. So the whole thing can be just accessed for free. And there's not just the workshops, there's loads of giveaways. In fact, if I don't know when when this is broadcasting, um, but if, if it's before um, December 15th, people could have got in on the early bird giveaway. And if not, I'm sorry to say they missed that one because there was almost $300 of fabric bundles um, going that were, were being sent internationally. Um, but even if they join after that, there's still hundreds of dollars of giveaways. Um, all the teachers, well, most of the teachers are giving stuff away. There are also bonuses to download. Um, and this is all for completely free for those 24 hours each day. Um, well, in fact, giveaways and bonuses are, are free for the duration of the event. Um, and then, yeah, so that all the workshops will have been free throughout the whole thing. But if you're worried that you won't be able to watch six quilting workshops a day and access all those bonuses and downloads and so on in that time it's a lot right like thinking about i'm going to go and do six courses in one day for four days in a row like oh, there just sounds like there's such incredible variety i don't think there's any that i've seen that i'm like i i, I want to watch all of them i don't want to miss any of these me too me too um yeah they, there's just going to be so many fabulous ones um yes so people that don't have enough time there is a vip option and so you then get access, you actually get access to all the workshops on day one. So you don't have to wait for the, the fifth day to see everything. Um, and then you have access for a full year. Um, so not fantastic. only can you watch them in your own time, but you can then revisit them. If, you know, after six months you have forgotten, um, we've got a woman called Kenna Dorsey doing a binding technique. And if after six months you've forgotten how to do that binding, you just go back again and have a look. And VIPs also get access to a ton of additional content, including interviews with teachers like yourself. We had a great interview the other day. Um, and additional giveaways, additional bonuses, which include things like whole on-demand courses and quilt patterns and all sorts of things. So there's like really chunky stuff that you can get for free effectively once you've got this VIP pass. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of think about the VIP pass as like an investment in a year's long training program in all kinds of different quilting techniques. Like if you think about it, there are 30 classes you can say, I'm going to invest in this VIP ticket. I'm going to have access to these 30 classes for a whole year. That means pretty much like every two weeks I can watch a new quilting class included in this package and kind of like eke out that creative inspiration throughout the whole year. So you have like a whole year's worth of inspiration and creative stimulus right there in one convenient place to go and have a look at it all. I think it's pretty incredible. And just hearing you talk about all of the different types of people who are contributing to this amazing summit you know, from all kinds of different places around the world with all kinds of different interests, you know, just think about all of those different ideas that are going to be sparked for you. Even if you think, oh, I'm not really interested in free motion quilting, even just hearing somebody talk about their technique in a different way. Anytime, if you have that creative mindset, anytime you hear anybody talk about a new idea or something that you haven't seen before, it always, you know, triggers all of those little sparks, which then lead you down some other kind of a path in your own creative practice as well. So I think it's an incredible an incredible value, whether that's the free ticket or whether that's the VIP package. I think it's just such an incredible um, opportunity for accessing a whole lot of different people from all around the world in one place and having that 
creativity on tap for an entire year. Amazing. Well, absolutely. And that diversity and inclusivity was a key factor when I was looking for teachers because it's so often you see quilt events and especially where it's it's kind of whitewashed and you there's just not there's like maybe token representation from a different ethnicity or a different um cultural background but it it's just it's not that hard to reach out to different communities and say hey do, you know is anyone a teacher is anyone interested in this event um or to get recommendations from people for great teachers that they know and so um, yeah, that that inclusivity was always top of mind. And it, it includes the the um having free access to it because I don't want people who aren't earning, you know, big salaries or people who are out of work or or people, you know, wherever, um, to to not be able to access this stuff. Um so yeah, absolutely. And and going back to the variety, we've you know, we've got modern quilters, we've got traditional quilters, we've got art quilters. We've got Joe Cunningham, who describes himself as a postmodern quilter, who um, is uh, quite well known. And um, Mel Beach, who's the president of the Art Quilts Association um, and is is an amazing teacher in her own right. So, yeah, it's just so many people teaching so many techniques. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I've got chills just thinking about it. I'm like so excited. January 10th is already circled on my calendars. I'm getting excited to jump into all of those amazing workshops and just hear from people with different backgrounds from all over the place. I think that's just such a, a delight to the creative senses when you can tap into other people's worlds for a little bit and see oh, you know, yeah. what dots you can connect between those different things in your own creative practice too. I would like to just say as well, you know, like some of this kind of thing as well, think about getting together some of your friends too because, you know, summits are better together, right? Get some friends going along with you. Get them to sign up along with you as well so that you can talk about those different classes. You can talk about those different techniques and you have this kind of commonality that you can then mix and match or share ideas or share takeaways from those sessions as well. I think when you're in something like that, I mean, we're all in our spaces and we're all watching through Zoom or whatever else, you know, try and see if you can break up that isolation a little bit and connect with some of your creative friends from around the world, people you might have met up on Instagram and you've never met them before in real life, but you've become friends with them. I think, you know, technology has allowed us to really create a community across borders really so easily. And this is a great opportunity to gather some of those like-minded people together and get in a little community of people who are going to come along and watch together and share ideas between each other. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's why there's a, a private face group group for attendees and I'm I'm don't because I don't use Facebook that much myself personally but I am I'm looking to see whether it's possible to create like watch parties and one of the things I'm really looking forward to is when people are watching the workshops and like making along with them and then they share what they've made I can't wait for that because I know from when I teach workshops it's astonishing the variety you get and you you're giving everyone the same instructions and they're doing completely different things with it so yeah I'm That's definitely so exciting isn't it when you see all those mm. absolutely yeah. it's the same I'm teaching people you know oh, design yeah. and they come through there's people who are designing traditional stuff modern stuff foundation paper piecing you know you're giving people the same instructions ultimately and then they are just injecting their very own unique perspective on things and I think that's so exciting to see that come to life 
as well. And we are going to be, this episode is going to be airing before Christmas. So maybe if you have a quilty friend or a creative friend, this could be a great opportunity to give them the gift of this summit as well. It's another opportunity for you to say, yeah, have a, have a year's worth of amazing creative inspiration on me. So there's also the option to buy the VIP pass as a gift for somebody. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. You can buy it as a gift, a gift card basically, and you'll be sent an email which you can either print and like put inside a card or you can forward to them and then they'll be able to sign up in their own right. Yeah, amazing. That's such a great idea. I love that, especially around this time of year because who needs more stuff in their house and something like this is powerful, stimulating, interesting, and it's not going to take up any space in your sewing room or rob that corner where you can put your fabric stash or anything like that of the space that you need. So absolutely, <laughs> the perfect yeah, gift. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, And of course, you're giving them access to all the bonuses and the giveaways as well. So they could even end up with more fabric um, as a yeah. result of it, but only... Who owned. doesn't like more fabric? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, it's been amazing talking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your quilting journey, your entrepreneurial journey. It's super inspiring to hear about your action taking and about, you know, I think sometimes... People get a little bit stuck in this idea that your career or your job has to be this linear kind of progression. And I love the idea within the entrepreneurial world that as an entrepreneur, it's not like there's a linear direction. It just like opens up this wide plane where you can go in any direction you like. You have these set of skills that you just open doors, you open opportunities, open up possibilities. And so hearing your stories of traveling, living around the globe, doing all kinds of different crafts, working in all kinds of different fields, and, you know, always along the way, having that spirit of entrepreneurship and making and creativity. And it's just super inspiring to talk to somebody like you. And I hope that all of the listeners here as well are gaining some great insights and inspiration for all of the possibilities that exist in this place that is called creative entrepreneurship. Wow, thank you. And one of the, just the final thing I'll say is one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of this community is is women helping women. And it's just, it's so empowering and a rising tide lifts all boats. So it's it just feels so cooperative and helpful. So there's, there's a lot of resources out there if you're interested in, in following this path. Absolutely, 100%. Any last comments you'd like to make about Quilt 2024 or about creative entrepreneurship or quilting or anything else? Well, we I'd say up? remember that quilt2024.com is where you go and you can register for free. So even if you're not tempted by the VIP right now, register for free just to keep it in mind and make get your place. Um, and then if anyone's interested in, in chatting to me about things, I'm at lixiemakesit.com. Fantastic. Love it. Thank you so much for your time here today, Alex. And I'm so excited to be presenting at the Quilt 2024 Summit. I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to your session. It's going to be great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us and I'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Creative Odyssey. For all the show notes, including any of the links that I mentioned, head to alliride.com slash podcast. And wherever you're listening, make sure you like and subscribe so you'll be sure not to miss out on any episodes. If you got value from this episode here today, make sure you share this with someone who'll be sure to enjoy this too. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.